up the slot. Miller lost it. Dodonov gets it. Two on one with Stone on the right. Stone to Dodonov. He scores. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Wallace Millard Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the... Let's open it up right now. The lines are free. You can call, have your say after a win and a win. That's back-to-back victories uh, by the Vegas Golden Knights. Dominating performance on Friday night, and then followed it up with uh, with a really key statement-like-ish win against the Calgary Flames last night, the first-place team in the Pacific Division. So give us a call, 702-876-1340. The first segment is yours every Monday on the VGK Insider Show. And then uh, throughout the program, we are going to bring you up to date on the developing story in and around a couple of franchises that have made significant changes within their organization. The Philadelphia Flyers are about to start a game against the Colorado Avalanche with a brand new head coach uh, behind the bench. We'll also get to uh, the latest from Vancouver, where the media availability has just concluded. The Vancouver Canucks uh, making uh, a clean sweep of changes between both the general manager and the coach. But uh, the first segment is yours. So talk about what you want as long as it's hockey-related. The dude that called about football and comparing Derek Carr to uh, to an old Tom Brady. Still don't get that one uh, from a couple of weeks ago. But uh, you're welcome to call back if you want at uh, 702-876-1340. Leading us off today is Stephanie. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. What's happening? Were you at the game yesterday? I was at the game. It was actually the first time my husband and I got to go to a game together. So that was super exciting. How was it? It was It was awesome. Um, just getting to be there and being there for a win, uh, knowing the Calgary Flames have still never won in the Fortress was pretty awesome. I will say um, one of the most interesting moments was when uh, there was a no-goal from the breakaway uh, against Robin Leonard, and it bounced off the post and off the skate, and then Coughlin knocked it back out. So that was that was kind of crazy because everybody was just like looking at each other, like, "What what happened? Is it in? Is it not in? Is it?" That was that was pretty crazy. It was uh, it was an interesting game in the sense that there was uh, the return of William Carlson, uh, Robin Leonard back, and trying to uh, stop his mini slide. Did you? I'm, I'm curious about this. Did you think that the building had a different feel, or the game had a different feel last night? Like to me, I just thought it it felt like old times. Like the the Vegas played uh, the Golden Knights played such control throughout the game, even though it was a, a close game. It just felt like old times. I will say, I heard uh, a couple of times there were some Calgary fans that were trying to get some Go Flames Go chants going, and they got mm-hmm. drowned out incredibly quickly, which was awesome. Um, there was a group of high school, there was a high school, I guess, that a bunch of the kids came that was in the section right next to us. And um, Ryan, they started trying to do the wave counterclockwise, and I yelled at them <laughs> they had to go the other way. So you're welcome. 
you know, that, that wasn't too far from where I was. I, I heard them kind of yelling during gameplay, and I was, I was, it, it warmed my heart a little bit as much as they tried, and they tried a lot throughout the they game. It, it warmed my heart that the wave did not pick up because it was too close of a game, I think, to really go hard on the wave. Vegas. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're wanting the wave to happen, it needs to be like a 5 nothing game with two minutes left or something. <laughs> like, not a 1-0 and game in the second period. We're not doing the wave, people. Are you guys serious? You guys are putting rules in on the wave? Well, I hate the wave. I am not, right? like we've I talked am not about going it. to worry about the wave happening when I'm Thank watching you. the game. Right? Oh. Like, I just want to see <laughs> the game. I don't want to be watching like, oh, is it coming? Is it coming? No, I do not want to miss if we go up to nothing or if it gets mm. tied like mm. it's not happening <laughs> i am full wave participant uh signed sealed and delivered and if it happens during the intermission i will do it on the air uh thanks stephanie no, appreciate won't. it i love that you were oh, uh, and i hope yeah. i hope your pupper is doing well oh yes uh yes yeah, she is uh, well. she's doing okay uh we've got the old sling giving her a walk around and stuff dog head uh basically uh acl surgery the other day mm. so it's all good it's uh it's 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 not as much uh, activity around the house which is kind of nice for a change uh give us a call 702-876-1340 we have a line open thanks to stephanie for uh helping us out uh taking us out of the gate as the vegas golden knights improved to 14 and 10 yesterday and you may have just witnessed the two best games of the season and they happen in consecutive fashion ryan yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy, Darren, because you and I talked at length on Friday about how I wanted to see the process start to improve for the Golden Knights. And, you know, you look at the game on Friday and the game on Sunday, it couldn't have been better from a, a process perspective for Vegas. They were they were very much detailed in their puck management. They were really good defensively, especially against Calgary. Um, and for me, like this is an encouraging sign over the last two games that the Golden Knights are starting to kind of get more from the players that are back in the lineup. And as you get healthier, especially bringing in a player like William Carlson, who's so responsible, I think that the trends that I was concerned about for the Golden Knights uh, are going to start to go the other way because that's that's what this team is able to do when they're playing to their identity and they're playing to their detail. If you want to give us a call, 702-876-1340, who was the best line yesterday? <laughs> was, um, it, uh, I, was it the Pacioretty line, which opened the scoring? Was it the Misfits that had a couple of narrow, narrowest yeah. of misses? Or yeah. was it that new look third line that uh, that got back together yesterday? They played a couple of times uh, earlier in the season, but Nick Waugh, Matthias Yanmark, and Evgeny Dodonov, uh, who both Waugh and Yanmark produced a couple of ankle-breaking dekes yeah. and and sidewall uh, cycles uh, throughout the course of the game, and the line the 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 line share of uh, minutes mm-hmm. reflected in how good that third line was. Yeah, I mean that was the line. Uh, the line of the game for me. It was uh, Dodonov with Yanmark and uh, and Nick Waugh, and I thought Nick Waugh just was an absolute beast all night for the Vegas Golden Knights. You, you kind of had a sense, right, that uh, getting the promotion, playing with Marcheseau and Smith, having the confidence in his game, and then producing in that game against Arizona on it, it, that being his last game with that line, I think that it, it gave him a lot of confidence going in against Calgary. And you're a bit down the lineup. You can you can take advantage of some, some lesser matchups. And I think that's what that line did. There's a ton of speed. There's a lot of skill. And the Golden Knights, 
for the first time really this year, had had a third line that you could consistently throw over the boards and expect to win possessions, expect to to impact the game in, in a meaningful way, and it happened last night. We also have big news regarding Robin Leonard, who uh, let it uh, known last night after the game that he will not be going to Beijing for the Olympic Winter Games, and he uh, put out a tweet uh, just wishing Jacob Markstrom and the entire Swedish Ice Hockey Federation uh, the best of luck, but uh, we'll play you some of that sound. Uh, from Robin Leonard uh, in just a little bit. So significant news in a game in which um, he battled back and managed to lock things down for the for the longest time. It looked like he might be perfect last night. And then at, at the end, he had to be just stellar to protect that one goal lead. Yeah, for sure. It, it, and it was such a such a bad break on that first goal because it's just a, a kind of a seeing eye shot that goes in. And, you know, for Robin Leonard... It, the workload and and really the the dangerous chances against were were not there for the Calgary Flames through the first forty minutes. Like I, defensively, I thought it was an absolute clinic by the Golden Knights um, in keeping Calgary to the outside, not allowing them to get inside and get oh, to dangerous yeah. areas. Cleanest um, game and, of the year, right? Yeah, for sure. And then in, in the third period, you expected a push from Calgary, and and even though there was a push, uh, you look at the goals like it, not too many breakdowns. Like obviously the Golden Knights probably want to get the puck out. You had an avenue to do that on that first goal, but it's really a deflection far out. wasn't really loss of coverage, and then you know Andrew Mangiapane's shooting 26.2%. Like, you give him a, a look even from the flank, he's going to find a way to score. Uh, but overall, I, I thought Robin Leonard came up with a couple of massive saves in the third period, and his fingerprints are all over that win last night for the Golden Knights. We have our play of the day coming up uh, later on in hour number one of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. A lot to choose from. Three goals and uh, a couple of different lines contributing the offense. And then you have uh, a few big saves uh, out of Robin Leonard. So we'll just Interested to see where the judges go with this one on the uh, VGK Insider Play of the Day. Uh, but right now, uh, line open, 702-876-1340. We'll get to you uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but I want to go down this path of, of William Carlson and Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh. Like, pretty good production with three players who are playing at the top of their game uh, for centers right now. Yeah, I, and you know what's funny about William Carlson, and, and to an extent, Max Pacioretty. Like, I was surprised when Pacioretty came back into the lineup because he looked really good in that first game against the Nashville Predators. He didn't seem limited. His mobility was really good. Uh, his skating seemed powerful. And, and the same for me uh, could be said about William Carlson last night. Coming off of that injury, not being on the ice, coming out of COVID protocol, uh, you don't really expect too much, but Carlson was was really, really dialed in, made some phenomenal passes, some great plays in the neutral zone, breaking up plays that could have turned into something by Calgary. There was one shift where uh, Jonathan Marcheseau turns a puck over. It goes the other way. Carlson lays his stick along the ice on the back check, steals the puck, dumps it in, goes off for a line change. Those are the types of plays that impact games. Uh, you know, for me, Chandler Stevenson – He's been doing it all year, and you know, as you you look ahead toward what might happen with the Golden Knights, especially down the middle, Chandler Stevenson's authoring a campaign that is going to make it very difficult, I think, to put anyone else between Pacioretty and Stone, simply because Chandler Stevenson's done it with them and without them, and he's been probably the most consistent offensive player for the Golden Knights this year. Yeah, there's some decisions to be made in a couple of months. 
Yeah, we will see what happens between then and now. But uh, just to see a team uh, have that feel of the old comfy sweatshirt where it felt normal again uh, to have the top two lines <laughs> out there. And and in fact, uh, we kind of got a bit of a surge because that third line has been missing uh, within. It's about the only place that's been missing uh, through the uh, the first five years of, of the organization has been uh, a, a consistent, dangerous third line. And you got that yesterday. To the phone line, 702-876-1340. Sorry for making you wait. Scott, uh, welcome to the program. Hey there. You guys hear me okay? We can hear you. Thanks, buddy. Yep. All right. Uh, good to talk to you guys. Uh, it was a fun game last night. It was like the only second, third game I went to. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a little seemed a little choppy because they were playing such good defense. But um, uh, my candidate for a play of the game is one that wasn't scored on was that pass from William Carlson, had his back to Riley Smith and passed it through uh, over the red line in the neutral zone, like a no-look pass to Riley Smith, who went down and tried to make a shot on a breakaway but didn't make it. But I thought that was um, was an awesome play. And, and, And at speed, too. That's the part that blows me away. Is, is exactly we we watch it and we're like, wow, no look pass. Uh, how does he ever come up with that? How does he see that? But then you put yourself down at, at ice level and you realize it's happened at a million miles an hour, and it it just boggles my mind how William Carlson can adapt, see, and execute a play like that. Yeah, it was right on the tape. He didn't break stride or anything. Where'd you, where'd you sit and uh, how'd you enjoy the game? Uh, I was up in 201, the first row. Uh, you can see everything perfectly from there. It's an awesome seat. Um, and took my daughter. Nice. But um, it was fun. It was, uh, I guess one of my buddies, Scott, was there. His wife won tickets from you guys. So nice. it would have been nice to see him, but I missed him. Yeah, I saw that communication on Twitter. Uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, just want to, uh, before we let you go, uh, wish you uh, happy holidays and uh, make sure you call again. Hey, same here. One extra comment? Yeah. Um, Eichel, looks like he's going to join them just after Christmas. And uh, sounds like he's a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, what do you guys think about him if he starts practicing with the team then? Gets up to speed maybe the last week of January on that road trip? I know he wants to play before the Olympic break. <laughs> We're all aware uh, from what he has said to uh, myself and, and various others that he, his timeline was on the, on the front end, pushing it, uh, optimistic side of things, let's just say. Uh, the, the, the video that you saw of him skating last week was not the first time that he was skating. I can That's conf- what I heard. I can confirm that. Uh, uh, and it, uh, I'm surprised. I'm not going to give you the exact details because I, I don't know down to the day, but he's been skating longer than I, than I e- even thought. And <laughs> that, that gives you even more. I don't know how much it really changes the timeline, Scott, to be honest, right. but right. he is, he's a week to 10 days uh, ahead of his own schedule. And, and he right. was optimistic from the start. So I, I think it's going to be something that it will bear watching very closely. And when he does join the team, whether it's uh, around Christmas or, or after the new year, uh, I, 
there's certainly not going to be as much of a, uh, from a physical standpoint of, of getting comfortable and skating and all that uh, contact will be a different story. Uh, the, the, he's not going to have to go through a, a long um, transition. Yeah, that last game before the breaks against Buffalo Sabres. Uh, yeah, I don't think that hasn't uh, slipped his mind either. <laughs> uh, thanks, Scott. Right. Appreciate it. Happy be well. Holidays. There's uh, Scott uh, coming to us. A uh, line open now, 702-876-1340. We'll get back to the callers in just a second. Uh, the the Jack Eichel um, rehabilitation that's uh, that's uh, taking place in, in North Carolina, he, he knew and he told us before the surgery that it's not about uh, getting comfortable and skating uh, and getting back on the ice because he was going to be able to do all that. He was going to be able yeah. to get up. He was going to go. Uh, but there's going to be a 10 to 20 day window where he he wasn't going to be on the ice. Well, that that's that he 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 was ahead of that. Yeah. So I don't know whether that changes the overall picture. But when you're talking, if he's a week ahead of schedule and 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 twirling around the ice, hope he doesn't run into that other person that was on the uh, on the ice with him. Uh, you're uh, really uh, hung if, up if, on that. If he is a week ahead of schedule, well. That puts him right in the window of mm-hmm. the Buffalo game. Yeah. And that will be uh, fascinating to watch. Uh, is one game worth it? Is one game uh, necessarily um, influential in everything? I don't think so. Uh, in in my conservative, the way this team has, has battled through the injuries uh, and, and come out on the positive side of it, uh, I think you're, you're patient. And you wait. Uh, it's very difficult to to hold somebody back like that if they feel that they're ready and they want to uh, want to get going. And I understand that, and I'm uh, sympathetic to that. But uh, I think if everything is copacetic, mm-hmm. then I think you wait. But we'll see. We'll see where he is on it. Yeah, I I want chaos and fun. I mm. want Jack Eichel's first game for the Golden Knights to be against the Buffalo Sabers because that would be amazing. You would ha- have uh, people in uh, uh, north uh, <laughs> northwestern New York uh, very excited about watching. Yeah. Well, excited slash venomous nervous. slash nervous slash angry, and I don't blame them uh, at all. But like, that would that would be uh, that would be weird if uh, if it, it happened. It would be fantastic, and a Jack Eichel hat trick that night would be even better. We're gonna play you uh, some sound uh, coming up in his debut, a hat trick in his uh, in his debut coming up. Yeah, the but disc I mean, he's replacement playing, surgery against Buffalo, playing against the Sabers. Yeah, Come on, uh, let's uh, let's see what happens uh, on that front. It, it it'll become a topic of conversation more and more. We're having some fun now. Yeah, but when that calendar flips to the new year, yeah, and he he is doing his works here in in Vegas, and we're aware of him more and he starts skating with the team more uh probably in the red contact jersey and the questions start coming more and more and you circle that that date of of the game against the buffalo sabers it will be a legitimate conversation uh which will is a positive right because that means he's ahead of or on schedule yeah i i mean it's certainly going to be as the chatter and, and the conversations and the thoughts of where he'll play, who he'll play with, all of that stuff. As we get closer and closer and closer to that day, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it will be a positive because you're adding in a player that, that as as we've talked about, is 
probably a top five forward in the league right now. And and you you look at what he might be fully healthy and how good he can be when you put him into this lineup right now. Um, I I'm excited for what the future holds for the Golden Knights and for Jack Eichel. Uh, as as I've mentioned a couple of times, you're not going to find uh, someone that, that has a, a greater appreciation for the way that he plays the game uh, than me. I, I love the way he plays, and I think it's a perfect fit here with this hockey club. If you're listening right now, would you play Jack Eichel with the two big wingers, or would you come up with a different combination? That's something we're going to have to go down a road on and and i i would like to uh, you guys know where where i i stand on this it's it's eichel with with the big boys and on the wrong side of history yeah yeah but uh i i think that the misfits (laughs) uh have done their their job and and then you you, the third line you you just you're gonna have to figure it out is it a nick Waugh? is it chandler stevenson maybe you have four lines that that are capable of, of producing offense i find it hard to think and to grasp onto that, that Chandler Stevenson would slide from one to four, mm-hmm. uh, the the way that he was able to play without Stone and and Pacioretty. I just don't foresee that happening. But an exercise that we will have to do, and let's let's wait until the new year. But sure. maybe we, we dedicate an entire hour to to listeners, giving us your lines, and and not just the easy way out. Which is 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 my way the the logical, like, w- would you really play Jack Eichel somewhere else? Uh, but but maybe a, a formula of give me your your most unique, but with a slash of seriousness to it, of your forward combinations with Jack Eichel and everybody healthy. I realize there's a salary cap, but I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, this <laughs> I, I just want I just want. At, that at doesn't help point, the exercise. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, this is an Xbox, man. No, because, Come on. No, because I, I, I'm not going to listen to people coming in and cutting and trading players. I don't, sure. I'm not going to go down that path. Uh, it's not fair. It's not fair to them. And I just uh, so th- so that, then that there's that, so it's so complicated with the salary cap yeah. that that uh, that it just gets into it. It changes the focus of of what the exercise that that I'm going to propose to you guys so, in 2022 is coming up with your most unique forward combinations that don't uh, that don't qualify under the obvious. I mean, I, I think it's I think we can put an obvious caveat on it. It, it would be. What would the Golden Knights look like in a salary capless world, right? Like, yeah. let's suspend belief for a minute that the salary cap doesn't exist and the Golden Knights, who they have under contract right now, LTIR, whatever the case may be, those players are all available to you. I, I don't know that you need to go unique. I think you could just say, let's make the best possible one two, three, four lines that we could uh, for the Golden Knights because you and I have very differing opinions on what is obvious and what I I think would make the team best and hardest to play against. Obvious is Eichel with the two big boys and and the Misfits stay together. And then you've got Donov and Janmark with either Stevenson or Waugh, probably Stevenson, and and Waugh centers your fourth line with yeah. with Colasar and, and, and whoever and and and, and I think that's your status out quo. there and blah 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 blah, yeah. blah. like that that yeah. that's the obvious and that's and I I go by the obvious uh, because it, <laughs> of course. It, it makes total sense but there's also ways that you can tweak and 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 move things around and and I think there's there's 
with the versatility that we've seen from Riley Smith this year, from Jonathan Marcheseau, from Chandler Stevenson, from Nick Waugh this year. Uh, Dodonov has played with everybody in the organization. Uh, Yanmark coming in and finding his stride. Uh, Kolasar has been up in the top line. He's been down on, on the fourth line. There's there's so much uh, width with the players that you have and flexibility and versatility uh, up front that I think that there's a ton of different combinations that that you could conceivably come up with. Now, none of them will ever see the light of the day uh, beyond, like, <laughs> the, no, like, I'm serious. There, there's about three, there's about three that I'll give you, I'll give you a fighter's chance of happening. Okay. Three different rotations or combinations. Yeah. yeah. But I think that there's probably 50 that you could sell me on that, that I would go, well, I, I could, I could buy into that. I don't think yeah. it'll happen, but I could, I sure. could, there's, there's a, a rhyme to that reason. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, it'll be a fun exercise just to kind of go into it thinking with, with tools like you and me, two schools of thought where I'm, I'm steadfast about wanting to break up and not have your two biggest drivers in stone and Eichel playing together and you you are you know you, you view it with a, a little bit of a different lens than I do so uh, I think it'll be interesting I certainly do want to as you mentioned kind of bring it out to an hour bring in some listeners have them give us their lines and justify it right like you and I we can we can kind of uh have have a moment like a little bit of a panel we could even invite Chapman in on it to uh oh, he's to in he's on uh, for sure no no I, well making decisions like would would we okay so like we bring in the listeners they give us their lines and you and I have to make a determination as to whether or yay not or we nay. could see that yeah. yeah yay or nay there it is and if we disagree then Chapman gets the deciding vote I'm not sure I'm comfortable on Chapman. Yeah, because Ryan, vote. you you know I'm always siding with you over the guy. Yeah, to no, my I'm right good here. with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. I, I, I'm I stacking think you, the deck. I think you know what, what you're doing. doing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't not, have as much stupid. to do with with being right or wrong. It's just more the principle of having Chapman in charge of anything. <laughs> no, it has everything as, to as do the, with being right or wrong. As the as the final vote uh, of anything, whether it's uh, grab me. Uh, some chips from the from the snack machine. I'm not sure I want him <laughs> having the final choice on what chips by, I have. By the way, this guy strolls into the studio with like six bags of chips. No, no, they're crackers. Oh, crackers, chips, crackers, crackers, pretzels. I'm eating healthier. I see it. No, no more, no more soda. Nothing oh, he's got, wow, bottle of water. Yeah. Wow, how about that? Trying to, trying to look at you. I'm, I'm a week into this thing. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not, holding firm. Not doing well, huh? Uh, well, I'm, I'm still drinking the water. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You went through a, a process of yeah. your own, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, uh, water's, water's important. Water's, yeah. uh, water's important. Uh, we're going to uh, take a break when we come back. Robin Leonard on the Olympics, and we're going to try and hook up with uh, with my buddy Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Uh, he's a former general manager in the National Hockey League. He has had to make tough decisions when it comes to coaches, and this year four managers. And four coaches have changed positions. And that affects six different teams, Vancouver and Philadelphia, the latest to make significant 
changes to their organizations. Uh, so that's all coming up. It's uh, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Golden Knights back rolling. Beat the Coyotes Friday night. Second biggest margin of victory in Vegas Golden Knights history. That mm. 7-1 win uh, over the Arizona Coyotes. The only thing better was a 7-0 victory over Colorado in year number one. The six goals has been uh, repeated a, a couple of different times, but that was that was really significant. And then you carried over, and two very different teams uh, on the weekend for the for the Golden Knights. You got the 32nd uh, Arizona Coyotes in the National Hockey League, total rebuild, and then the first place Calgary Flames playing uh, as as good as we've seen them play in the last three years, four years. Uh, Daryl Sutter's got them buying in and uh, playing a heavier game, can get up and down the ice, a uh, little nastiness uh, in the back half of that game. And, uh, and they came out on top of uh, both sides. So uh, two more victories for the Golden Knights. Uh, four more points going into it. Now within seven points, first place in the Pacific Division. Uh, starting to make some headway. You got to see a team that was uh, certainly resembling what we anticipated at the start of the season. And a more uh, great goaltending from Robin Lanner, who then uh, kind of one-upped himself in the postgame uh, show because there was the whole language of the Swedish goalie battle yesterday, Jacob Markstrom mm-hmm. and Robin Leonard. And uh, one of the two will be Sweden's goaltender at the uh, Olympic Winter Games in Beijing. Uh, Markstrom had a remarkable season, uh, five shutouts so far this year, uh, has played for the national team before uh, Robin has never played for the senior team uh, in, in Sweden. Uh, and then Robin was uh, jokingly asked uh, afterwards uh, during the postgame press conference about uh, uh, did he think he had the leg up on the on the Olympic spot, and this was his answer. Uh, no, no, I... Uh, I actually turned, uh, turned down to go to the Olympics. Um, rather be come for me than anyone else uh, for health reasons uh, me and my psychiatrist decided uh, with agents that uh, I'm not going to go and I wish them wish them all the best so breaking news post game yesterday mm-hmm. and and then there was there was Chapman you were there really it was like one or two more questions yeah you, know I, about that? you know why because I think everybody was kind of thinking along the like no I, you were all tweeting well, no, not only that, but... <laughs> That's like, what was happening. You were all tweeting out the news, well, and everybody was, forgot to ask more questions. It was it was, it was, was <laughs> kind of... I, I, I Honestly, it took all of us by surprise, but Ben Goats was the one who answered the question. Our, our good friend Ben Goats, nicest guy in the media. And I think a lot of us were thinking about asking Robin a, a similar question. And I think when he, he answered that, I... I I kind of think he took the wind out of all of our sails. Like Nobody I, has to follow up. No, no. I think we were just all shocked. Like, I like me, Jesse Granger, and and, and Ken Bulky. We were all kind of like looking at each other. Like, no, did you that, weren't. Did you that were really tweeting. just happen? You guys were all tweeting. We were, we were all done hold tweeting on, by hold then. On. But. Hold on, Darren. Should they should they have not tweeted out that information? No, you can. Are, are you making are you making an insinuation that that isn't news that you'd want to get out on social media and try to break? There's that. Well, nobody's gonna break it. He broke it. Well, sure, but you want it. You want your outlet to see that you have that. Yeah. Immediately. And unfortunately, we did not have audio of it because a well-known member of the national media actually sent me a direct message and said, "Hey, 
Do you mm. have that audio? And I said, oh, I said, oh crud. We, we, we don't carry the players in the post game, but uh, yeah, un- unfortunately, so we could not deliver that audio for the person. Well, that Robin asked me. did follow up uh, on Twitter yes, and, and yes, talk about uh, his reasoning for not going to and expand on uh, his rationale for not going to the Olympic Winter Games. And, and some of it, and I'll paraphrase here, uh, there's, there's going to be very tight restrictions on the Olympic athletes in Beijing, maybe even tighter than we, than we thought beforehand because of the, the new variant that, that is out. Uh, and to his credit, Robin, this goes back uh, almost a year ago when he talked about uh, the uh, restrictions that were on players and, and the idea that they, they would have more uh, ability to uh, socialize or, or be uh, out and about during the course of, uh, of last season. And the, the strain that it puts on players and coaches and support staff uh, mentally. So there, there's that part of it. He doesn't want to experience that again. And the other uh, aspect to it is, and, and this very little reporting has been done on this, but if you should test positive while you're there mm-hmm. in Beijing at the Olympic Winter Games in February, what's the quarantine process? Is it, do you quarantine for 10 days like we do here? Is it, do you quarantine for three weeks, which I've heard mentioned? Uh, Are you allowed to, on a charter plane, leave and come back and do your 10-day quarantine uh, in North America? Is that even a possibility? There's a whole bunch of, of variables in play. And if you're the number one goaltender, and I, I, I would, full disclosure, would still go. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't uh, uh, suggest anything else. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're invited to play in the Olympic Games, I would say go. Absolutely. But if you're, if you're looking at a big picture and you're kind of on the fence and you're the number one goaltender, like Robin is, and you're facing this mm, quandary of what is, the, what is the quarantine process? Should I happen to come down with, with COVID-19 while I'm there? And it's three weeks, and it happens halfway through that tournament? That means you're, you're missing uh, another mm, eight, ten days for sure. Plus, uh, coming back, there might be stipulations coming back from from that. Uh, it, it, it knocks out. Uh, it just calls into question your availability for your for your club team in this case, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think that is is also uh, has been uh, weighing on Robin and and was part of the reason why he opted to to uh, say thanks but no thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I view this through the Golden Knights lens, and, and for me, it it's a good thing for Vegas. Uh, first and foremost, it's good that Robin Leonard came to his own decision and, and made his made up his own mind about what uh, he would or wouldn't do re- surrounding the Olympics. But you know, for the Golden Knights, uh, you're looking at a goalie that's played a lot of hockey early on this season, and as you look toward the rest of the calendar, the rest of the schedule, uh, the ability to get a little bit of a break, a little bit of a vacation, and maybe even just get away from hockey for a little bit to reset, I think is going to be incredibly good for Robin Leonard and the Golden Knights as they as they hit that stretch run after the break uh, 
looking to get themselves into great position for the playoffs. And the number one goaltender would, by default, become Jacob Markstrom, who may be one of your key com- uh, competitors uh, down the stretch. So you may have a well-rested Robin Leonard. I'm not saying that that's part of the strategy, but if you watch it play out that way, uh, it might give you a little bit of an advantage if Markstrom does end up going. Now, Leos Almark is, is also a Swedish goaltender in the National Hockey League. He'd probably slot in, but uh, it's it's a different different spot. And remember, uh, it was Robin who, who told me on the Chirp podcast that uh, he didn't want to go uh, play in the and uh, participate in the Olympic Winter Games if he wasn't going to be playing. And and that I'm sure with Markstrom's start, there's got to be some kind of like look at what he's done. Like how can you not do that? And if uh, if they weren't going to give him um, the number one job. Um, it probably made the decision uh, a little bit easier, and I, I don't think that they were willing to do that at, at this stage. There was a Swedish uh, Ice Hockey Federation official uh, watching Robin Leonard uh, as as recently as 10 days ago. Uh, hmm. So so that um, uh, that was still part, or Robin appeared to still be part uh, of the mix for their Olympic team. Yeah, I, again, I, I, you know, as as far as the decision and and kind of all the different things that went into the decision. It's for me, I think a good thing for the golden Knights and their chances down the stretch and into the playoffs, because you, you want your goaltender rested. And we've talked about, and even Pete DeBoer alluded to the amount of games that Robin Leonard has played already and what that magic number is, is hoping to look like at the end of the year. Um, If you go above that number a little bit, but you've also got a built-in break for your number one guy, uh, I think that that helps to manage the fatigue as you move through this 82-game season. Let's bring in the head coach who's going to go to Beijing as part of Team Canada's coaching staff. Uh, He learned, uh, well, uh, I'm sure he knew beforehand, but uh, was asked uh, after Robin Leonard made the news official about uh, his perspective on Leonard opting not to go to the Olympic Games. I haven't known, you know, for a long time, uh, but, uh, you know, I know it was a decision that he was weighing. Uh, You know, there's a lot of factors, I think, that went into it, uh, which I'm sure he'll... He can expand on. Um, yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> I think that we're committed to making sure that we have two solid goaltenders here and that both guys play. I think whether Robin goes to the Olympics or doesn't go to the Olympics, I don't think that changes. And and LB shown that uh, that he can play and help us. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what that magic number is for Robin, somewhere between 50 and 60 games. But you know, if if we can get him in that uh, window and and LB in the 20 to 30 game window, then, you know, I think we're in a good place uh, at the end of the season. I don't think it puts my mind at ease. I, I think it's a it's a very personal decision and, and every every guy that has that opportunity has to weigh, you know, the opportunity of playing in the Olympics. So, you know, uh, you dream about that uh, with, you know, everything else that goes into that pot, family and health and you know the situation over there and all that stuff so uh, i think that's that's real personal uh to everybody i know i'm getting an opportunity to go and you know i i swim over there if i get a chance to go so uh, that's my opinion what i take from that is it doesn't sound like leonard's decision not to go to beijing will impact 
how many starts he or Laurent Brassois will make uh, leading up to the February uh, break, and then and then after when the, when that sixteen seventeen game March rolls around. Yeah, I mean that's what I took out of it. I I does that surprise yeah, you? I still. Because if he's not going to go, you you might be able to say oh, I, we we can load up uh, a little bit more. I think that I, I think that how the games and how the schedule plays out and what happens is going to dictate what what that looks like for Robin Leonard. Like I, you know, as as much as in that moment I I'm sitting there and understanding what Pete's saying. If the Golden Knights need to go on a bit of a stretch or or a run where they rely heavily on Robin Leonard because of the schedule and, and not picking up wins or not getting the points that you want or need. Um, I think that has more of an impact on, on what might happen. I, until I start to see Loren Brassois really get in and, and kind of that rotation be uh, what it's, what it's supposed to be. Um, what, you know, what do you I, think I it think is when you say I, that one in one in three to one in four games, mm-hmm. like once a week getting Brassois in and, you know, I, I just I look at it and say, you know, if 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 you are in a position where you need points and you need to play your your best lineup, I could see a stretch where Robin Leonard plays seven or eight games in a row because yeah, I, we've seen it happened already this year. I think you're going to uh, start to uh, witness that rotation that you talk about uh, mm-hmm. in a little more regularity because they do have the four game weeks coming up. And that's just uh, that's too much for for one goaltender. If you make seven, eight starts in a row, but it's spread over three weeks, that's one thing. If it's if it's two, then that's uh, impacting uh, your uh, fitness level and and ability to to bring it every night. So I think you'll see that in the next couple of weeks. One one other uh, aspect to this uh, and being able to. Uh, go with the formula whether Robin Leonard attends the Olympic Winter Games or not is Laurent Brassois' play, and and it's been very good so far. And you can you can be more patient. So uh, you you make a charge, that's that's going to influence where you are in the standings. Uh, how much do you have to really buckle down, like like ice time? Uh, but it also goes to how much uh, is is Brassois contributing to that uh, that success if he's contributing then there's no reason to to lean on robin leonard whether he's on a beach in february or whether he's in beijing in february yeah i mean it when you know when pete's talking about somewhere in the ballpark 50 to 60 games for robin leonard based on the num- based on the number of starts he's already got that's going to be tough unless you start to play into that rotation mm-hmm. as much as possible and don't deviate from it regardless of, of what kind of the standings um, implications are or how many points you're able to pick up whatever the case may be. Uh, the only thing I'm saying is as as much as that number is what I'd like to see, uh, you got to see that rotation go for more than just a couple of weeks before you start to, to really hone in on this is how they're going to start using Brossois and Leonard as, as you get Closer and deeper into the season. What's more influential on your decision if you were going to start the uh, the goaltending and and name who's going to play on a night to night basis? Is it where you are in the standings, or is it the frequency or uh, a pause in the schedule, like a four game week compared to a two game week? Um, I I mean everything everything matters in terms of where you're at, right? Like I, I think the standings are the biggest indicator of of what you do and kind of informs your decision making. Like if you're seeing teams behind you 
catch up or make ground and you're on a two or three game losing streak, then, then I think that that kind of uh, puts you into a situation where you are, are maybe changing what the, the process is or changing what the plan is. And, you know, I, I think that standings dictate a lot and where this team is. And, you know, if the Golden Knights go on a bit of a heater and they get into a, a comfortable spot in this division, then I think a lot of things open up and, and a lot of uh, just sticking to the game plan, laying it out a bit over the course of a couple of weeks is, is really something they can do. We are into the second busiest month of the Vegas Golden Knights schedule, and it's about to really get uh, chaotic. This week with the homestand continuing and then into next week, on the road trip uh, into the New York area, so uh, look for a more sightings of Laurent Brossois. I think it'll, it it's right. You can't discount the standings totally, but uh, I am of the uh, belief that uh, that the schedule will dictate more, just to make sure that Robin Leonard is as fresh as possible. And that goes for Laurent Brossois. You don't want him sitting around and and not playing for for two and a half weeks. Uh, when we continue our play of the day, will it be a goal? What will come out of? that game yesterday against the Calgary Flames in which the Golden Knights remain perfect at home against their Pacific Division rivals. In hour number two, we'll get into the big changes for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Vancouver Canucks, plus our ratings uh, for the two games this weekend. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Coming up, a pair of wins by the Vegas Golden Knights. The play of the day judges had their work cut out for them today. Ten goals, a lot of saves, convincing wins, and a nail-biter against the first-place team, the Calgary Flames. Here is what they came up with for the BGK Insider Show play of the day. Helps the puck ahead. Mangiapane starts it out, and look out. Coglin falls over. Chance for Anderson. He's in. Hits the post. Loose under Leonard. He covers. And that was Dylan Coughlin who came back and rescued that puck off the line. Uh, what a great uh, play to stay with it. And Dylan Coughlin saved a goal and uh, a play that, uh, quite frankly, uh, gave the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights a little bit of a breathing room in that uh, third period. Could, could you see it from, from your vantage point, uh, Ryan, from where you sat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was right on the line. Right on Fantastic. the line. Yeah. Amazing that it didn't uh, slip across. Maybe fresh ice at the start of a period. Uh, that thing goes across. Uh, that's your play of the day. The Golden Knights uh, beating the Calgary Flames 3-2 thanks to a, a marvelous little bit of uh, uh, inspiration and intuition from Dylan Coglin, who followed up and pulled that puck off the line. Coming up, uh, we've got Brian Lawton on the situation in Vancouver and Philadelphia, plus our ratings for the two games, the two wins by the Vegas Golden Knights and one-timers dealing with suspensions. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.